Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Great to see all of you. And once again, let me say it, did not we have an amazing weekend, Friday night, Saturday night, revival here at Life Point Church. First multi-service revival we've ever had in 15 years. I tell you what, that's kind of sad. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it is what it is. It's great to see all of you. Great to have Advante and Victoria with us right now in the house. The showers, we love them. And we are grateful that they are here. And if you would stand for the, for the reading of the word, we're going to jump right in. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I think God wants to speak to us today. And, uh, man, Brother Morgan's got a deep prophetic flow and uh, what a grasp of the word wields the word like a master craftsman just uh, so powerful and so I'm going to preach to you today been marinating and all of that so if you'll go with me to Luke 24 13 through 35 it's a lengthy reading but I'll, I'll quickly go through it now behold two of them were traveling the same day to to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you uh, have one with uh, another uh, as you, you walk and you're sad? He, he noticed their sadness. Then the one who's name was Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all in the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going. He indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it's towards evening, the day is far spent. He went to stay with them, and it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while, we, while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. 
And they told about those things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Today I'd like to formally introduce our theme for the year. And it's also the title of my message today. And it's simply entitled, Revival. Revival. It's like the song by Leland. We sang it. I hear the sound of revival rain. I hear the sound. I hear the sound. William McDowell, we've been praying. We've been sowing. Now we're crying. Heaven, send the rain. Folks, it's time for revival. Can you say that? It's time for revival. Come on, say it again. It's time for revival. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you speak to us, God. Anoint me to speak. Anoint us to hear. Let a prophetic word go out in this place today. And we give you all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Two longtime followers of Jesus were making the seven-mile trek from Jerusalem to Emmaus. One was named Cleopas. The other was named Anonymous. Just kidding. But that kind of sounded like a Bible name, didn't it? The other guy was unnamed. And if you take John 19.25 into account, the other guy could be a gal whose name was Mary, yet another Mary in your Bible. And this Mary was the wife of Cleopas, or so some prominent scholars believe. However, the theory is not without complications, variant spellings and whatnot, so it's not clear. Suffice it to say, you have two devoted, dedicated followers of Jesus out for a sad seven-mile Sunday stroll, and they're headed northwest from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And again, it's Sunday, as in the first day of the week, which is significant because on this Sunday, Jesus, whom they had followed and called rabbi and master, that Jesus on that day had actually been raised from the dead. But they did not believe that he had been raised from the dead. They didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. And so they were sad. Jesus points this out. Why are you so sad? They were in the mulligrums because of what they believed about their perceived circumstances. Can I tell you what you believe matters? It'll affect you. What they believed about their current circumstances affected their attitude. They were sad, sullen, upset, distraught. They felt as though they had thrown away the last three years of their lives. What they believed about their current circumstances not only affected their attitude, it affected their actions. They had packed their bags and they were headed home. It's over. It's over. It's done. The dream is over. I mean, three days earlier, when they saw their master die on a cross, their hopes were dashed and their dreams crashed and burned. And, 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 and we can criticize them, but put yourself in their place. They had seen the, the bruised, bloody, broken, lifeless corpse of the one that they thought was Rabbi Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. 
But alas, now they believed he was no more the Messiah than they were the Messiah. He was dead. They saw him lifeless. They saw him dead. And to add insult to injury, now his body was missing. They presumed it was stolen from the tomb. Some frantic women claimed to have seen angels, just a bunch of drama and histrionics and and other disciples confirmed, yeah, his body's gone, but we've not seen him. He's not alive. Nobody's seen him alive. Somebody stole the body. This was their cruel reality, or so they believed. Are you with me? Isn't this exciting? And so Cleo and Anonymous were walking and talking about their loss, all that they had lost, and the tragedy of it all. Remembering the hope and the energy that they started with. But now, I mean now, after rehearsing the events of the past few days, they're sad and they're even more sad. They're just reliving it. And right then, a guy comes up from behind them, catches up with them, and starts to talk to them. And they don't know it, but it was Jesus risen from the dead. And he had cloaked himself. Man, I wish I could do that. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't you have some fun if you could just cloak yourself? The mask has helped me that way a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You don't know it's me necessarily, right? And, and so he cloaked himself. It was a supernatural cloaking. They, they couldn't understand that it was, it was him. And, and so he, he asked him, he said, um, uh, what you guys talking about? Why so gloomy? And they said, dude, where have you been? I mean, have you not heard about the things going on? I mean, where have you been? His response in, in verse 19 to me is kind of funny, especially since he is the one at the center of the things they're talking about. So he says, yeah, what things? What things are you talking about? And so they said the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Dude, he was a prophet. He was amazing. He blew us away. But he ticked off the powers that be. And they, you know what they did? They crucified him. They killed him. They murdered him. They continued. On top of that, today's the third day since all this went down. And some women from our group went to the tomb early this morning. His body's missing. Some said, that maybe he's alive, but we went and checked it out and, and the fellas went and saw and made sure, yeah, his body's gone, but nobody saw him. It's just, it's just awful. It, it, he, he, somebody stole the body. That's the only explanation. That's the only explanation. And then Jesus, in verse 25, just lays them out, man. He just, he just rebukes them sternly. Verse 25, he said to them, listen to this, Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Now, I want to tell you right there, if I was Cleopas or I was anonymous and I heard that, that would kind of offend my sensibilities, wouldn't you say? This is a stranger. It's not like they know this is Jesus rebuking them. This is a stranger. This stranger walks up to them and then questions them, and they say, here's why we're sad, and he says, you're fools. Don't you know that's the way it was supposed to go down? I mean, he says in verse 26, 
Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You know what Jesus did to them right there? They didn't know it was Jesus. But he pulled out. Hey, if Morgan can do it, I can do it, right? <laughs> Lapel mic. <laughs> he, uh, he pulled out his search for truth Bible study on that road. He pulled that chart out. Anybody ever seen one of these things before right here? Come on now. I'm old school. And, and so he starts making the case. Hey, y'all, Cleopas. Anonymous, listen to me. This was part of the plan. This was supposed to happen. And he starts in Genesis. And he expounded to them, the scripture says, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now he did it in such a way that they didn't know it was him. So he's not using the word, they all spoke of me. He's saying they spoke of Jesus. They didn't know it was Jesus that was teaching them the Bible study. And so he says to them, you know that sacrifice in the garden that covered Adam and Eve? Yeah, that was Jesus. That was Jesus. You know the seed of the woman spoken of in the garden? Yeah, that's, that was Jesus. That's speaking of Jesus. That lamb that, that Abel offered, that sacrifice, that's Jesus. That ark that Noah entered into, that's Jesus. The seed of Abraham spoken of in Genesis, yeah, that's Jesus. The lamb caught in the thicket on Mount Moriah. Yeah, that, that's Jesus. He was saying to them, the word said Jesus would die. The word said he was supposed to. The word said that he did. And then you saw him die according to the word. And then the word, the same word, said that he would rise from the dead. And he has risen from the dead is the idea and the implied. Even though you have not seen him yet. Are you with me? You hear what I'm saying? He was rebuking them for basing their beliefs only on what they saw and not basing their beliefs only on the word. That's getting quiet. I'm preaching better than you're responding, but we're going to push through this. He went on. He, he, he went on. He, he was saying, he was saying to he was saying to them, he was rebuking them. He was rebuking them because they based their beliefs on what they saw. Only just what they saw. He said, you're foolish when you only believe what you perceive in the natural. It'll make you act the fool when you only, when you only believe what you see in the natural. I, I'm going to preach to you. It'll, it'll behoove you to understand this. You'll look like a fool when you do the things that you do based on only what you see in the natural. I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's why we need to pray more in this church in 2021. We need to have the mind of Christ. We've got to have the will of God. We've got to discern some things, y'all. We can't go based on what we see around us. We've got to have some word in this house in 2021. Give the Lord some praise. Can you do it right now? Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Hallelujah.
He was said, you're, you're a fool to act that way. He went on and on from Genesis to Malachi, dropping truth after truth on them. Truth that countered their perceived reality. Truth that cut across the grain of what they perceived to be reality. Verse 28, then they drew near to the village where they were going, Emmaus, and he indicated that he would have gone further. Like, I'm just going to keep trucking. But notice, they constrained him. There was something attractive about this stranger. Abide with us. Would you, would you stay with us? Would you just stay with us? And when he broke bread, he allowed them to see their Bible study teacher was actually their master, their rabbi, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And he vanished, and they were in shock. I need to make this side point right here. When, when you're around somebody that speaks faith and hope to you that transcends your natural reality, there's something attractive about that to a hungry heart. I mean, you can surround yourself with the naysayers who are stating the obvious or you can get around some people of faith that say, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. There's something attractive about that kind of person. Why don't you make it up in your mind that you're going to be that kind of person in 2021? And instead of just going on with the flow and just going downstream with everybody else, why don't you swim upstream, go countercultural and counter to the perceived reality and say, I believe God's going to send us a revival in the middle of all this stuff. I can't explain it. We're not even supposed to gather together as we used to, but I can't explain it. God is somehow sending us revival because my Bible says in the last day, saith God, I'll pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Can you give him praise right now in Jesus' name? Come on, clap your hands, all your people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. He went on to say in verse 32, listen to this. They said this. They said this. Did not our hearts burn? Everybody say burn. Within us when he talked with us on the road and open the scripture to us. Notice this. Their hearts caught on fire. Not when they recognized him in the house. Their hearts caught on, caught on fire when they shifted their focus from a reality perceived by their natural senses to a reality that was based on the word. That's when their hearts burned. Their current circumstances were telling them it's over. The media of the day was telling them it's over. The government was telling them it's over. What they saw with their natural eyes was telling them it's over. But when they heard the word, it set their hearts on fire with passion and hope and anticipation and faith. 
Life Point, please hear what I'm saying. 2021 is going to be a year when our hearts are reignited with a passion for Jesus, with hope because of Jesus, with anticipation because of Jesus, and with faith because of Jesus. And I'll tell you why, because this is going to be a year when we go back to the Word. And what I mean by that is not just reading the Bible through, and, that, and that's good. If you read the Bible through, please do. Valerie's reading the Bible through this year in a totally different translation. Do that. Go through the Bible. That's not a bad idea. But listen, y'all, we got to base our lives on that book. Not just read it and check a box, but, get, but begin to not just be a hearer, but a doer of the word. Not just checking a box, but doing the word, putting it into practice, basing our lives not on the reality of the world, but on the greater reality of the word. We got to start rediscovering. Listen, we've got to rediscover Jesus in that book. And no matter what's going on in the world, and no matter what's going on in Washington, D.C., and no matter what's going on at the state capitol, Jesus is still on the throne. He's still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's still in control. He's the governor of the universe. He's working all things together for the good of those who love him, who are the called according to his purpose. That's who Jesus is. He is still a seeker and a saver and a healer and a deliverer and a provider and a soon coming king. That's who Jesus is based on the word. And that's where when our hearts start to catch on fire and a heart on fire is revival. A heart on fire is revival. And while we're at it, why don't we get a fresh perspective of just who the word says we are. Pastor Morgan talked a lot about sonship, identity. I just so happen, now that I think about it, it's not in my notes. You can get a book. I know a good book <laughs> that will help you understand just who you are in Christ. And I'm telling you, the stuff in this book, and I'm not trying to promote the book. If you want the book, I'll give you the book today. I'm not trying to sell a book. But I'm telling you, if, if you'll go through this and, and put the stuff into practice, if you'll develop an I am, who I am says I am statement, it'll help you in 2021 rise to a new level of being who he says you are in Christ. You'll start walking in that. We need a fresh revelation. Listen, here's the bottom line. We're more than conquerors. We can do everything he's called us to do through Christ who strengthens us. Mark preached about it this weekend. We can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. But that'll never happen if you don't have the confidence to do those scriptures. Have you ever laid hands on the sick expecting them to recover? If you never try, you'll never see it. You'll never have the confidence to try in faith until you fill up on that word and you start to realize by way of revelation from the Holy Spirit through the word of God that, yeah, I can and I will in Jesus' name and the Lord will raise them up in Jesus' name. 
laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. We can have dominion in that spirit realm in the mighty name of Jesus. This church has been praying and fasting for the last week. And this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. There's a level of dominion that this church has right now because of prayer and fasting. And we need to exercise that dominion in the name of Jesus. Have you ever tried it? I take authority over this situation in Jesus' name. Some of you need to step into that role. That's who you are. No matter how you feel, no matter what you're going through, no matter how loudly the circumstances are saying it's not going to work this time, our hearts have to catch on fire with that word truth that I am who I am says I am. And I can do what he says I can do. Let me tell you what the church needs a good case of in 2021. Heartburn. Everybody say heartburn. heartburn. But you know what the devil's good at? We start to catch on fire, man. Woo! Hallelujah. I mean, Paul told the church at Thessalonica, quench not the Holy Spirit. Don't put that fire out. Paul told Timothy, he said, you need to stir up the gift. You need to, the, the translation is, you need to fan it into flame. We need more heartburn in the church. Hearts on fire. Cold hearts don't do nothing for God. Cold hearts may come to church. Cold hearts may watch online. Cold hearts may say a few words here and there that make you think they're a Christian. But cold hearts are not enough to get the mission accomplished that God's called us to in this day and age. We need hearts set on fire. And so what the devil does is he pulls out his spiritual tongues and he tries to suppress the fire in our hearts. Let, let me show you Let me show you a few of these, uh, these fire suppressants. Here's one right here. Can you throw that, that first pick on the screen? Jason, please. He's like, hey, I know you're starting to catch on fire. Why don't you take this? And yet some of us, we just, we just, we just go right along. That, that compulsion, I got another one, in case you're wondering. I got another one. Hey, I got another one. I'm not trying to get y'all to vote on which one you watch, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, sometimes we just think, it's, it's my own curiosity. It's, I need to find out what's going on. And that compulsion, could it be? There's a spirit realm stirring that up and say, hey, why don't, you, why don't you watch the news? And why don't you keep watching the news? Why don't you watch it 24, flipping 7, 365? Won't you just OD on the news? And, and your blood starts to boil and you get so mad. And what happens? I'm going to regret that. 
I made for, you know, I took one for the team, right? <laughs> Illustration. Excuse me. I hope this is not like Diet Coke and Mentos. Excuse me. I should have swallowed it whole. <laughs> Here's the deal. That compulsion to obsess, we're constantly taking in the negative. I'm not saying you don't need to be informed. I'm just telling you, y'all, we got a problem in 2021. We become obsessed with those things. And it's putting out the fire in our hearts. Come on, it's lighting these other fires that are dangerous fires. We need a fire of the Holy Ghost in the church. Church, we don't need that kind of emotionalism. We need a fire of the Holy Ghost that stirs us and moves us, listen, into the harvest field to be the body of Christ and change this world. Give him praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. We constantly take in the negative, which turns into us speaking out the negative. Out of the abundance of the heart, my Bible says. Pastor, I just call it like I see it, you know. Well, maybe you're seeing stuff that you shouldn't be seeing. Get in the word. Put your attention on the promises. Joshua, son, you ain't Moses. And you ain't got to be Moses. We tend to look back on those previous generations like, oh my God, they had revival. Well, their revival is going to look different than our revival. Oh, I, I, I feel some of that, I don't know, whatever got on Mark Morgan. I ain't going to go long, but I'm just saying, uh, I, feel a, I feel a preach. I feel probably inappropriate words coming up in my spirit. We, 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 those old timers weren't dealing with the junk. Can I put it that way? That we're dealing with today. I'm not putting down anything that they experienced or went through. I'm just saying, in the last days, perilous times shall come. We in some violent times. We're in some perilous, crazy, goofy, messed up, weird, confusing, awkward, strange, bizarre, upside down times. They didn't experience that. They didn't experience what we're experiencing today. Our revival will be different. Hey, Joshua, you're not Moses, but that's okay. Here's how you'll have success in your generations. Put the book before you. Meditate it in it day and night. Put it in your mouth. Chew on it constantly. Spit it out. Say it. Get in agreement with it. As Mark said, get in alignment with it and watch my power. These signs shall follow them that believe. Believe what? Believe the word. Believe the promises. Anybody believe that in this house? 2021 is a year of revival. It's a year of hearts on fire because we turn off that junk and we put 
Our face is in the word. Listen to the word. Eat the word. Drink the word. Sleep the word. Talk the word. Obsess on the word. It's the truth, y'all. It's the truth. What does the word say? And what will happen is you'll start to call things that be not as though they were. So is that denying reality? No. I've seen in the supernatural what nobody else can see in the natural, and I'm calling it. I used to have a stupid, oh well, God rest his soul, dog. <laughs> Named Opie. I've already offended somebody on the front row up here. <laughs> and it's not Ed Vante or Victoria or Jared. <laughs> and Opie, here's what you do. You're like, come here, Opie. Opie, come here. And you know what Opie did? He, he's like, He's like in another room. <laughs> He's like across the room. Come here, Opie. Come here. What do you do? He's like. And when he got old, he just kind of went. <laughs> you know. He never would come when you called him. He never would come when you called him. I've it's a it, it, revival, y'all. She just admitted <laughs> the truth. <laughs> and the devil is, is, is trying not to let go of the stuff that he has a hold of. He, he don't want to let it go. But, but it's like the parable of the unjust judge. Because of that woman's persistence, she didn't stop. She just kept bombarding. No, I got a problem. You need to let my son go. I got a problem. You got to let my son. She just kept pushing and pushing. You start to call things that be not as though they were. And there comes a time, as Mark said, the intersection of time and seasons where it's released. And it's only released because there was somebody praying in faith and somebody standing in faith and somebody believing in faith. Listen. The, the, the prophet said, he said, I, I was in amazement because there was no intercessor. And I'm telling you, this church is going to be a church of intercession this year. That's pulling things from the, from the supernatural into this natural realm. God's called this church to revival. I'm telling you, I'm sick of patty caking for Jesus and pretending like we got all that going. We got two campuses and we get more and more stuff and more and more people. We ain't got nothing if we don't have a touch of God and an anointing from God that breaks into the heavenly realm and shakes the gates of hell. Come on, church. Somebody reach out. Is that what you want? Come on, praise the Lord for a minute here. Give me 30 seconds or 60 seconds. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. You may be seated. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but this is an even more generation. This is an even more year, even more, even more.
even more. Now, before I read this next scripture, let me say this. We're trying to be prudent and wise in dealing with all that's going on, the virus. We have some folks who are faithful online and in gathering and giving online. I'm very grateful, and, and, and uh, it means the world. And, and you guys are part of the family. We love you so much. We miss you. Valerie and I love and pray for you every day. With that in mind, listen, listen to Hebrews 10.25, though. God's Word Translation puts it like this. We should not stop gathering together with other believers, as some of you are doing. Instead, we must continue to encourage each other even more, even more, even more as we see the day of the Lord coming. Now, I would argue that if gathering together is something we should do even more as we see the day of the Lord coming, then everything else we should be doing as believers, we should do even more. I mean, isn't there some kind of community, what's the wording? Some, some kind of uh, law in math, you know, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. Like there's some kind of law about distribution or something like that. So I'm, I shouldn't have said that at all. I, I backed that one up. Like scratch that from the tape, uh, as they used to say in the olden days. The, the, here's the deal. The, if, if, if gathering together is something we should do, and it's something we should do more when we see the day of the Lord approaching, everything else we should be doing as believers, as the day of the Lord gets Closer, we should be doing those things even more as well. So revival is even more, even more prayer, even more I am who I am says I am. Jesus is who he says he is. Even more first Monday prayer. I guess you can only do one first Monday, right? <laughs> but we're going to also implement quarterly and weekly prayer meetings. Oh, that, you know, that's, that's a good way to shut up the crowd, right? Even more fasting. Quarterly, weekly, monthly fast. We got to do some fasting, y'all. If I've learned anything in 2021 or tw from 2020, first of all, I've learned that I didn't do a lot of fasting in 2020. In the lockdown, I did a whole lot of the opposite of fasting. I did a whole lot of slowing, right? I slowed and slowed. I'll never forget the first thing I did. We, we got word. I went and bought more, more dollars worth of groceries than I ever bought in my life. And then I got a phone call from a guy. He's like, I got it on good report. They're shutting down all the, this martial law is about to be declared. This back in March or something. And I was like, I just dropped, you know, a ton of money. He's like, Marshall Law's coming, man. You better go back. So we made a second trip back to the grocery store and did everything they told us not to. Hoarded all this job. I had to go buy a cabinet at Lowe's to put all my excess food in. <laughs> and it was, it was essentials, right? We've been talking about it was essentials. Like Nutter Butters. <laughs> not just Nutter Butters. Nutter butter regular? <laughs> Double nutter butter, which I didn't even know they made. And fudge covered 
Nutter Butter Cookies. I ate so many Nutter Butter Cookies, which are one of my favorites, that I don't even want a Nutter Butter anymore. That's not fasting. I ate so much. But the second thing is I realized not only did I not fast, I needed to have fasted. And I'll tell you something I'm going to implement in 2021 is more fasting. Prayer, and this kind comes not out by prayer. This stuff we're facing and we're dealing with, we are given authority, but we won't access the authority unless we pray and fast. We can't cool our way into that dominion. We can't guitar our way into that dominion. We can't say the right words enough into that dominion. It takes a discipline of praying and shoving away the plate. And that hunger drives and moves and somehow has an effect. This is an even more fasting year. Even more prayer. Even more confession. Even more fasting. Even more giving. Even more giving. Uh, because we just had another missionary in the last 90 days... LifePoint Church has given over $10,000 to missions in the last 90 days. Think about that, y'all. Come on, give God some praise for it. And, and our weekly prayer up here uh, this, this past week, the Lord began to talk to me, and I, I believe, I'm going to tell, tell you a little bit about it. I, I think we're in for a decade of destiny, but as, as, we were ta- as the Lord was talking to me, he, he began, to, I heard him saying to me, Donovan, right up here, he said, he said, Donovan, in the next 10 years, millions of dollars are going to flow through this church. I'm going to bless my kingdom. I'm going to build my kingdom. And millions of dollars will flow through LifePoint Church. And I began to pray to the Lord. I said, God, if you'll, if you'll bless us like that, I vow to you, I promise you, it will flow through us. We will be a blessing to others. And as I, I, this is weird and it's a little supernatural, but as I was praying, I felt like the Lord, like we were in a ceremony, and he was saying that back to me. That's what I felt in my spirit, that I'm saying, if you'll bless me, I'll bless you. And simultaneously, he was saying, if you'll bless me, I'll bless you. It was like, if you'll bless me, I'll bless you. If you'll bless me, I'll bless you. And it was this symbiotic relationship. God is wanting to bless this church so we can be a blessing. He said to Abraham, I'll make your name great. I'll make your people great. Nations shall be blessed because of you. God wants to bless the nations through you, through this church. He wants to, what does that mean? He wants to bless you on your job. He wants to bless you with promotions you didn't earn and you didn't deserve. He wants to bless you with unexpected favor. Why? Because he knows that you're going to bless him and push the kingdom of forward, uh, the kingdom of God forward because these are the last days. Stand with me right now. It's a year of revival. Even more. Revival. Revival. Community is going to be a part of that. Even more gathering, yes. Life groups, you can sign up. We've got some awesome groups coming up. I'm very excited about them. Life groups. I felt like the Lord put a a phrase in my mind. Supernatural community. Supernatural community. 
God's going to do something supernatural in connecting us. You know, Ephesians 1, Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you're going to understand what the riches of his inheritance is in the saints. And it's this revelation of God. And he goes on to talk about the body of Christ. It's put together. And so the idea is there's a, a revelation that we are a body, that you are my brother and you are my sister. I am who I am says I am, and you are who I am says you are. And I respect that calling and that anointing on your life. And I learned that I've got to walk in unity with you so that anointing can flow. Folks, that's why I'm just, I don't want to weird you out or anything, but I'm telling you, that's why I pray God give household of faith revival, give healing place revival, give St. John the Evangelist revival, give the Methodist revival. And, what, and revelation comes with that, y'all. Come on. Revelation comes with that. I'm praying that God builds an army. What's he going to build it out of? People without any kind of Christian background? You know what I'm saying? Like, only build your army, Lord, with people that are either Pentecostal, apostolic, or have no Christian affiliation. He's going to build his army out of whosoever will, baby. Give these collections of people revelation and revival, God. And then link us all up so that we can usher in the coming of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Farmer's Almanac says that the decade started this year, not last year. The devil may have tried to steal your year last year. But in return, God is going to give you a decade for all the trouble. Doesn't that sound like a good proposition? I lost a stupid year. The Lord says, it's okay. I'm going to give you a decade. The next 10 years. How old are you right now? You don't have to say it out loud. I can tell you in 10 years, I'll be 64 years old. And I've already seen my 64-year-old self walking I want to be like Caleb in the Bible, like Moses in the Bible. My strength's not abated. I'm still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Caleb said, I want that mountain that I saw 40 years ago. There's some promises God made to me 40 years ago that I'm going to enter into in the next 10 years. Been waiting on them a long time, Randy. But I'm going to walk it. Caleb said, give me that mountain in the hill country where the giants are. The sons of Anak. Why? Because I can take them. I'm just well able to take them in my 60s as I was in my 20s. As a matter of fact, I'm a little more cunning and wily. So you better look out, devil. God's going to give you some victories in the next 10 years that are going to blow your mind. Listen to this. Jesus designed the encounter on the road to Emmaus in such a way that they would have to see him in the word first before they saw him in the flesh. Did you hear that? They'd have to see him in the scripture. He opened the scripture. He started from Genesis, went through Malachi. They saw him in the word and it set their hearts on fire. Then they saw him in the flesh. 
That is exactly how it works with us. We see him in the word. But then one day, y'all, this stuff's really true. Eastern sky is going to part. He's going to descend from heaven with a shout. The dead in Christ will rise first. And those of us who are alive and remain shall be caught up. And we will know as we are known. We will be like him. We will see him as he is. It's a revelation that comes after you've seen him in the word. And you know what? He is going to exceed our expectations. But we're also, there's going to be some things strangely familiar. That's right. I saw that in the word. It's just like I saw you in the word. And we'll throw our crowns at his feet and say, worthy is the lamb to receive glory and honor and power and might and dominion. Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands to the Lord right now? In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.